Hey, my name is Phil, and this is my wife, Meredith, and we are the pastors here at Cornerstone Church. We're so glad that you have connected with us here today and that you're getting ready to listen to a message that we know is going to build a resilient faith in your life. Right now, in this moment and in our days ahead, let's continue declaring Jesus over every situation. Enjoy the message. Genesis chapter 26. Genesis chapter 26. And um, I think that we have these. Thank you. There was a famine in the land. Uh, beside the first famine, there y'all are, that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, unto Gerar. And the Lord appeared unto him and said, Go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I shall tell you of. I'm going to read a few verses, by the way. Uh, and sojourn in this land. And I will be with you and I will bless you for unto you and your seed huh, I will give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham your father then Isaac sold I'm skipping verses but Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him give me another verse and the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great store of helpers servants watch this now and the Philistines envied him for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them up and filled them with earth. Two more verses or so. And Isaac digged again. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. I'll give you some other verses later, but that's what I, that's what I want to do. I, I'm going to have to have you help me preach this part right here, okay? So I want you to move. I want you to move. I want you to move. I want you to find at least three people and ask them the question. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Come on, find about three people. Ask them, can you dig it? You, you, you. And it... If you already know the answer to the question, I want you to put something way down in your Holy Ghost spirit. Look somebody in the face and say, I'm digging it, baby. I'm digging it, baby. Come on, tell somebody else, I'm digging it, baby. Come run up here real quick. Come up here. Cause you're gonna be come, come, come run up here real quick. Because see, this this right here reminds me of some of you that know about the 60s. This shirt right here, tie-dye kind of look, tells me you got to know something about that and be able to say, I can dig it, I can dig it, I can dig it. Tell somebody else I can dig it. One last time, everybody clap your hands and give God a praise on a Sunday morning in this house. 
Amen. You may be seated, everyone, everyone, everyone. I'm supposed to preach until the uh, race is over. And you know how I hate to do that. I hate to do that. The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. That's a great mathematical equation. It's a great principle. Except for the fact that life very seldomly gives you straight lines. One of the keys to navigating life and to getting from here to there is to be able to deal with the fact that you don't always get a straight line. Have you ever had all your plans laid out exactly what you was going to do? I especially want to speak to those who are young. I'm just going to say young, and I'm going to let you put the definition wherever it belongs. But the younger that you are, the more certain you are. You know how people should do things. You got your plans laid out. It doesn't take long to realize very seldomly in life do you get to take the short version from point A to point B because there's a lot of curves in that road. Life will throw at you some curves. Every so often life will throw at you a bean ball. Kind of hard to get through life from point A to point B. But one of the keys to getting to where you're supposed to be in life is being able to navigate uncertainty. Uh, it takes a certain amount of dexterity, a certain amount of fluidity. You, you have to have a little bit of flexibility and be able uh, to have improv to improv and to be able to come up with something that you didn't originally think about because that wasn't your original plan of how you saw it working out. Who am I talking to? I, I, I watched people over the last number of years and almost everyone has had to deal with some kind of level of uncertainty. Because you had to plan point A to point B, but you have to learn how to navigate uncertainty. Another key to moving through life, I won't be able to give you a, a lot of them, but just to, to set the stage here, another key then of getting through life is the ability to be able to locate where you are. And when you go to an amusement park and you go to a mall and you're trying to figure out where to go and you go to that, that, that place where they have the map up there and then it will give you a dot that says, here you are. Because if you don't know where you are, you don't know how close you are to where you're going. Oh my goodness, I just said something. Somebody needs to know today that you're closer to where you are, closer to where you're going than you know. You just have to be able to locate where you are. This is part of the keys that Jesus teaches us. Uh, Jesus teaches us that one of the keys is to be able to locate yourself in Scripture, to find yourself in the pages of the Bible. Yeah. Because otherwise you think it's a Bible for other people, written about other people, not knowing that God was writing something to you 
You just have to be able to find yourself in the scripture. When Jesus came out of the wilderness, the Bible said when he got into the temple that he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he has anointed me to preach the gospel. And he said to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Uh, ever so often, you have to be able uh, to go through the scripture and find yourself there. Or else you think it's about somebody else at some other time. But it's about you in the here and now. Oh, this is what we call the rhema, the right now word that God gives you. And have you found out that in different seasons of your life, you identify with different characters at different times and at different places? You can read the same narrative about the prodigal son, and one time you read it, you're the prodigal coming home. The next time you read it, you're the father receiving him back. Sometimes you read it, and you're the older brother that won't come in and join the party. Sometimes you, you, you can be a different person. Sometimes you're good soil. Sometimes you're stony, stony soil. Sometimes you're thorny soil. Sometimes you have to be able to identify and find yourself in Scripture. Lastly, on this, on this part, is that one of the keys then is being able to understand that all truth is parallel. All truth is parallel because we live in two worlds at the same time. Uh, th th that might be more complicated of a way of saying it than what you wanted. Uh, the uh, Biblical phraseology, we, we would call them, there are signs of the times. And because all truth is parallel and things are cyclical. And I know, I know we like to say, uh, nobody been through what we've been through. The, the truth of the matter is, no, you haven't been through what you're going through. But I promise you, somebody, somewhere, at some other time, has been through what you're going through. Just go ahead and throw yes, yes, just throw a yes. You have to know this is true because, because I've heard so many people, and we, we all do this, I'm, I'm, you know, we, we all do this, but I heard so many people talk over the last few years like, I have never seen nothing like this in my life. No other generation has ever been through nothing like that. Oh, my God. And they just, like they, but it's not the bubonic plague where a third of Europe died. It's not the Great Depression. With a like we're the only generation. Because when we don't understand that truth is cyclical, that what happens to one generation will happen again, and that truth is parallel, that what is happening in the spirit manifests itself in the natural, and if you pay attention, you can see what's going on. And if you can locate yourself in scripture, you can navigate where you are to where you are going. That's a long way of me saying to you that I came here today to get you from where you are, to take your next step into where you're going so that the God that brought you this far will be the God that carries you on through. I just need your temperature to be a little warmer before I can drop this on you. So I'm going to give you a second right here to stir up the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And just to take a moment and remind yourself 
and to testify you may not have been through it but thank God you're getting through it you may have never felt like you felt then but you're closer to where you're going than you have ever been before clap your hands everybody and say yes can you dig it can you dig it because there was a famine in the land there was a famine in the land but it wasn't the same famine that Abraham went through now it's the Isaac generation Abraham had a famine and Isaac has a famine every generation has battles to face you missed me some of you are still used to watching on the screen I need you to open up your mouth every generation has a battle to face every family every believer every everyone has battles some people are are so good at what they're doing uh, until you think they didn't have any struggles but if you actually sit down and talk some of you look so good today that people three seats down from you don't know what you endured Ah, and, 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 and the fact that you look as good as you did is part of your testimony because nobody could ever look at you and know what you've been through. But if they knew all that you had survived and all that you had been through, they would be praising God with you and for you. It's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I said it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing. I'm trying to get on to the rest of this message. But when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that is done for me, my soul says. So we have, we have, this, we have this journey. We have this journey. Abraham. Abraham was an altar builder and a well digger. Just track, track with him. Abraham builds four altars. Four main altars the last altar that he built was the one most significant to Isaac because that's the one that he put Isaac on I'm sure Isaac had a certain affinity for each one of the sentimentality of the other altars but that one altar was specific to Isaac because that's the one he laid on and that was where the revelation came that God was going to send his son as the sacrifice. Now Abraham was not just an altar builder. He was also a well digger. I'm going to preach before I leave. I just need to lay this out here. He was also a well digger. He, he, he built four altars, but he dug seven wells. Can you dig it? And he would go through this wilderness and these desert places but he understood that you can't get too far and you can't do too much if you don't have water God gave him anointing and a power and an ability to wherever he was at he could find water Whoosh. Yeah, sometimes it takes a little something to be in a dry land and still find water to be in a dry place in your own heart in your own mind and no one around you is encouraging you but you still found 
water. Abraham was a digging somebody. And he goes and he, there's a famine in the land. And Abraham just keeps on digging. Keeps on digging. And now full circle, Isaac is grown. And the Bible said, now there's another famine in the land. It's not the first famine. There's a famine of Abraham. But now there's another famine, Isaac. And God says to him, I'm coming at you now. God says to Isaac, stay where I put you. Dwell in the land that I promised you. Don't go to Egypt. Everybody just got quiet. Because Egypt represents that which is convenient and comfortable and easy. Because Egypt was one of the builders of irrigation systems. They already had water. They had the closest thing to running water. And so in the midst of the famine with no water in sight, it was tempting to Isaac to get up and go to where there was running water. I'm coming. I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. And uh, God said, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to stay because this is the land of your promise. Whether you have it on your phone or whether you have it on paper, your Bible is a book of promises. But in the absence of a book of promises, they had a land of promises. So the land spoke to them about where they were at. That's why they built altars and dug wells so that they understood that the land would speak to them. And when they were in famine, that was their environment. Walk with me. That was their environment trying to get their attention to tell them that you can't do this without God. My Lord, if there's anything that we need to learn in this generation, somebody needs to shout it from the housetop that we are out of our mind if we think we're going to get through all this without God. You can't educate your way through this. You can't vote your way through this. You can't clap your way through this. Talk to me in here. If God is not our help, we are not going to get through everything that the Philistines are throwing at us. But I came with a word today because I'm hearing something in the Holy Ghost. I said I'm hearing something in the Holy Ghost. That there is an Isaac generation that is rising up that is saying it's time for revival. It's time for the miracles of God. It's time for the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. It's time for saints and sinners to hear thus saith the Lord. If you feel like you might be part of that, uncross your arms, jump up on your feet. Uh, clap your hands put a praise in your mouth and shout Woo! just take another minute just take another minute 
I'm not doing it for gymnastics. I'm not doing it for an exercise in futility. I'm making noise because you need to serve notice upon every Philistine spirit that they thought they stopped up your well, but there's still some water to be had because you know how to dig it. You got to dig it, 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 you got to dig it. You got to sit down just for a minute, just for a minute. Because, because one of the benefits, one of the benefits that, that, that Kathy and I have in this, in this season is that I'm, I'm able to uh, go uh, and, and, and be able to see what is happening and take the temperature and, of churches and take the temperature of the body of Christ and see what is happening here and there and a little bit of everywhere. And, and, and I keep hearing uh, when I'm talking to people that have an ear to hear. Uh, when I'm talking to people that have an ear to hear, I can hear something under the surface. Something uh, that's, that's not laying on the top. But something under the surface. There are people that are saying, something is moving in them saying, we are about ready to see the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost that our generation, I'm looking for an amen. Some of y'all don't believe it. You're still mad. Looking for an outpouring of the spirit that our generation has ever seen. Because if every generation has a battle, every generation has a victory. And there's, there's, there's this thing that comes. The, the reason that I'm using the, the reference of a well is because there's water down there. There is a flow. It's just not on the surface. You got to be able to dig it. And Abraham had dug the wells. Now when Isaac comes through and there is another famine in the land, we find out that the Philistines had stopped them up. You know enough about the Bible to know uh, that the Philistines are, are is not specific to a, a group of people that used to be around a particular ethnicity or race or, or geography, but it also represents the, the archetype of the enemy that is against you. The devil's spirits. Philistines. Can I talk about Philistines? I want to talk about the spirit of the Philistines because, as you see, the Philistines will always try to stop up your well. I'm not going to take a long journey down here, but you do have to know about the Philistines that they are historically throughout the Bible warlike, contentious people. Don't look at anybody. They have uh, a contentious Spirit. They can't get along with anybody. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find you. I'm trying to locate us in Scripture so that you understand that if truth is parallel, what we see happening in natural things is a result of a spirit that has been unleashed upon a generation to stop up their well. And it doesn't take long 
to realize that the spirit of contention and hostility is running wild. Have you ever noticed that it is difficult for you to be in contention and strife and still have a flow coming from your well? And you think it's about this one or that one or who's right and who's wrong and who said what and who should do what. But really the ultimate goal is that the Philistine spirit just wants to stop up your flow. As a Philistines, whenever you find the Philistines in, in, in the Bible, they're always fighting. Always at odds with somebody. And, and of course, the Philistines then are, are the tribe of the giants. Goliath was a Philistine. They loved their giants. I don't really have time to, to pursue all of that with you because it's, it's, it's not the main thing that I, that I came to, to drop on you. But you have to understand that some of the spirits that are being released against the people of God in this day are not small spirits. They are giant spirits. They're big spirits. They're aggressive spirits. And about the time the devil talked you into being passive and quiet, he gathered together an army of giants who were loud and aggressive. And you became an undercover Christian while the spirits begin to attack the people of God and to attack the place that God began to put you so that you would stop digging. Oh, you, you, I, I, you, you, you miss me. You miss me there. You, you miss me there because, because while you are afraid, while you are afraid, Goliath is the spirit of intimidation. Yes. In the morning, he gets up and yells threats. In the evening, before they go to bed, he dresses up again and yells threats. It is the spirit of intimidation. And it takes somebody like David to realize he might be bigger than me. He might have more armor than me. But one thing he doesn't have. He doesn't have a covenant with God. When David said, you uncircumcised Philistine, that was David's way of saying, how can you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord? It is impossible for a spirit without covenant with God to defeat the people who know who they are in God. It's aggressive spirit. Just push somebody and tell them you can't afford to be passive. Find somebody on the other side and tell them you can't afford to be passive. Can I finish this message? I said, can I finish this message? I'm on an assignment here because you have to understand that your passivity is costing you something. Your passivity is costing you something. And, and it seemed like people became comfortable. People became comfortable with not participating. People became comfortable with strange Egyptian philosophies 
I don't have to be a part of a church to be saved. Nobody ever said you had to be a part to be saved, but if you keep not being a part, you ain't going to be saved too long. I may never see you with a basketball on a court, but if you keep telling me you're a basketball player, one day I want to see a basketball in your hand and see you on a... It's just too easy. It's just too easy. It's just too easy. It's just too easy. You just, you, all these philosophies and why we buy into it, track with me. Track with me. You know how bad I hate to hurt anybody's feelings. Track with me. I came to save somebody's soul today. I came to talk to you because, see, you're raising your kids with this mentality that I don't want to put no religion on them. You teach them how to stay out the street. You teach them how to read. You teach them how to do everything else. And I know you're okay right now. I know you're okay right now. But when the water runs out, when the water runs out, when the water runs out, becomes too easy becomes too easy and while you're being passive have you the, the enemy has now taken target upon the kids of a generation the enemy is taking target upon every institution that has been built in this nation y'all ain't saying nothing to me in here everything is under attack at the same time that the church got talked into backing up shutting down being quiet not gathering don't lay hands on nobody don't shout too loud don't speak in tongue and about the time the devil got you turning your life into a spectator sport Then he released the giants against your generation. But what the enemy did not include into the equation is that them wells have already been dug. All you got to do is go back and redig that well and let the devil know you may have knocked me out for a season, but don't count a knockdown as a knockout. Because I know how to dig it. Tell somebody I dig it. I can dig it. I can dig it. Tell somebody else I can dig it. I can dig it. Tell somebody I can dig it. And I'm digging for my kids. And I'm digging for my city. I'm digging for my generation. I'm digging for everybody. I'm digging for everybody connected to me. I'm tired, but I'm digging anyway. Don't feel like it, but I'm digging anyway. Knives in my back, but I'm digging anyway because I can't afford not to dig Because I can't win if I'm dehydrated. I can't win Unless I have everything God intended for me to have give somebody a high five And ask him one more time the question Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Somebody's laying in a hospital bed, but don't stop digging. You're watching me online, and your heart is breaking because somebody you love died. Don't stop digging. You got all kind of things happening around you that you don't understand. Uncertainty is plaguing your mind. I came to tell somebody, don't stop digging. Don't stop digging. Don't stop digging. Don't go to Egypt. Dig in this land. Because God has given you a promise that if you keep digging, water is all its way. Hey. All right, I told, all right, y'all got to sit down. Y'all got to sit down. I told myself I wasn't going to preach too hard. 
I'm not going to preach too hard. But I came, I came to help somebody. I'm going to preach till I fill up this altar. I'm going to preach till I run some devils up out of here. I'm going to preach till I break you loose from that, that lethargy. I'm going to preach until the praise jumps back up in your mouth. I'm going to preach until you start digging a well and believing that the God that brought you this far is the God that's going to take you the next step of the way. I came to show you a map and say, you are here. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. I'm here. I'm not here. Philistines, Philistines, Philistines. Philistines, all them giants coming to attack people and stop up the wells. And the Bible said Isaac sold in that land in the same year. Watch, that land, uh-uh, that land. Have you ever noticed God always asks for a seed when you don't feel like giving it? I'm not going to ask everyone to raise their hand, but I don't know how many people have ever had giver's remorse. You get up under the anointing, your faith is high, and you hear the Holy Ghost say, so that. And you're like, yes. Get your phone out, throw money down, whatever it is. About a day later, you go, oh, Lord, what have I done? What have I done? What have I done? He sold in that land and received in that year a hundredfold. Oh, my goodness. Isn't it amazing how we got hiring signs everywhere? How are people living? Nobody's working. Everybody's living. And it's always funny the way that we approach our sacrifice of giving. I'm coming your way. I'm coming your way. Because we, I find out that, that people find money for what they want to find money for. That's another message. He sold in that land a hundredfold. He said, he said, I need you to stay in this land because I made a promise to Abraham that this land belonged to his seed. Made that promise. I need you to stay there. I don't want you to desert your post. Now, it's interesting because the Philistines that stop up these, these wells are people that are so warlike that you will read later in Scripture that they took all of the people that knew how to make weapons of war away from the children of the promise because you can't make war without someone who knows how to deal with the metal. And they took them all captive until there was not one person that knew how to make a sword or a spear in all of the Hebrew kids. I'm getting there. Almost there. If the enemy can take from you your ability to make war, spiritual warfare, you should say amen, you've been in it for a long time. 
How, how, how can I say this? How can I say this? How can I say this and, and put enough butter and sugar on it so I don't hurt your feelings while I'm trying to save your ever-loving life? I'm trying to save your life. I'm trying to save your life because, because you, 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 we have a generation of people that became so addicted to favor, they don't know how to deal with persecution. You're so afraid. And so now we have a generation of people that have lost their capacity for warfare. And the Philistines will rob you of your power to deal with warfare. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to stay there too long. I'm not going to stay there too long. But I, I have noticed in my travels, I have noticed in paying attention, I have noticed in watching people that, that because everyone is aware that, that over, over the last years, churches everywhere, uh, pastors are scrambling trying to figure out where does so-and-so go? Where are the people? Some people, just they, just they just up and gave up. Just up and gave up. The wells got stopped up. They became dehydrated. Lost their capacity to make. I noticed something everywhere I'm going. That people who were intercessors never got shook. No, no, I didn't say they didn't go through trials and tests and struggles. I'm saying they never went to Egypt. They just kept on digging. I noticed people that understand warfare. People that know how to pray a thing through. Did you hear me? Know how to pray a thing through. I noticed that they never got sifted. Let me, let me go here. Let me go here. The Philistines are the only people mentioned in the entire Bible by name that stole the Ark of the Covenant from God's people. That the Philistines knew the strength of the children of the promises strength they knew that secret the secret was that they had the presence of God with them I'm in the future with it over here to David but you have to understand to really understand the Philistines you have to see that they knew how to make warfare against the people of God through the intimidation of giants through the stealing of their ability to wage spiritual warfare. And if they could take from them their capacity to worship, my Lord, if you take the flow, if you take warfare, if you take worship, if you take sacrifice, then your wells are gonna be stopped up and you're not gonna make it any further. I'm on a mission. I'm on a mission to tell a generation of people and to tell you, my dear ones here, that ever so often you got to redig some wells. Ever so often you got to get your shovel out. You got to turn some people off. And you got to start digging. You got to start digging because if truth is parallel, we see in the day that we're in that there is the spirit of unlawfulness running through our nation. 
When we see crime rates go up. When we see murders going up. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Come on. Come up out of the news and hear what I'm trying to tell you. When you see things shaking. When you see food shortages. Come on, famine. When you see things shaking all around you, then you have to realize that the spirit of a lawlessness, the outlaw spirit of Satan is turned himself loose on a generation of people. And when people come to the house of God, there's got to be a well of living water that somebody has dug and said, devil, you can't come here because we got a well of living water. You, you, you may or may not know it, but there are park pockets of revival already breaking out all over this nation. Oh, I don't, I don't know if you know it. I don't know if you know it. But there are pockets of revival breaking out all over this nation. I came to tell somebody that some wells have already been dug for you. It may be that the Philistines had stopped them up. But all you got to do is redig the wells that have already been dug. It don't take a bunch of silliness. It don't take a bunch of fanciness. Just redig the well of prayer. Redig the well of fasting. Redig the well of warfare. Redig the well of believing in the word of God. You got to redig. Redig. Redig those wells. And when he redug those wells, those contentious Philistines begin to fight him for it. I'm almost ready to prophesy. I'm just trying to get you ready. I've been ready. I'm, I'm, I've been ready to prophesy to you. I'm just waiting on you to get where you can hear it. They redug those wells, and the Philistines kept coming out after them. You know, they named each one of them. And then they got to this. Let me, let me, let me show this, this verse here. And it says... And he moved from that place and digged another well. And they strove not. And he called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, for now the Lord has made room for us. And we shall be fruitful in the land. And I'm going to read on. And he went up from there to Beersheba. Beersheba means seven wells. This was the seventh well that Isaac done. The well of the oath. The seventh well. And the Lord appeared unto him that same night and said, I am the God of Abraham, thy father. Fear not, for I am with you, and I will bless you, and I will multiply you for my servant Abraham's sake. Before we leave up out of here, I'm going to pray that blessing over everybody under the sound of my voice. Because the truth of the matter is, everybody has been through some kind of season. If you haven't just been through it, at some time in your life, you go through a season where the enemy tries to stop up your wells and causes you to lose your flow. But if you can keep on digging, if you can keep on digging, you're going you're gonna to find the, that God will make room for you. And then he's going to appear and say, I will be with you and I will bless you. I really want to help somebody today because I watch too many people give up on their faith. I watch too many people that have lost their capacity to understand and to withstand warfare and to stand up and understand what it means to worship God and to dig wells when, when everything around you seems like it's uncertain. You just got to keep on digging. Push on somebody. Tell them, keep on digging. Come on, tell somebody else, keep on digging. 
I got a question for you right here. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Because it's easy for the enemy to talk you out. It's easy for the enemy to talk you out of digging the well that has already been dug. I know a little something about digging wells. You are sitting in a church that was made by digging wells. Digging wells when nobody clapped for it. Digging wells when people lied on us. Digging wells and still kept digging. Feeling bad, still kept digging. Lied on, still kept digging. Pushed on on every hand, still kept digging. Pressure on the inside, kept on digging. Pressure on the outside, kept on digging. Talked about on one hand, kept on digging. Couldn't get no help up in here, kept on digging. There's wells that have been dug for you, and if you are going to possess the territory that God has for you, there has to rise up an Isaac generation of people that say we can locate the wells and we're going to dig them again. Run to three people and tell them, I can dig it. said run to three people and tell them push on somebody tell them I can dig it I can dig it I can dig it ah don't don't underestimate my grin for being a pushover don't underestimate my little happy song making the devil think he can run you over. Uh-uh, no, 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 because you got the power in you to dig. You got the anointing in you to dig a well. And there is coming living water because the Lord is about ready to make room for you. Somebody may have shut the door on you, but God's getting ready to make room for you. I came to tell somebody, get ready. Get ready because God is about ready to make room for you. I'm going to prophesy in a minute. Everybody clap your hands. Clap your hands. Clap your hands. Just give it a minute. Everybody's standing for just a minute. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Everybody's standing. Everybody that can is standing to give testimony to God that you're still standing. Woo. You're still standing. The good thing about taking everything that the enemy has to throw at you is he don't have anything left to throw at you. Because now you know that I can take it and keep on standing. I can keep on standing. I can dig a new well. I can, I can dig again. I can dig again. After, after Reboeth and the Lord appeared unto them. You read on. You get, this is all Genesis 26. You can read it when you get home. Then after that, the Bible says that Isaac then dug a well. And God met him there. <laughs> you just got to redig the wells that are already dug. And then you can dig your own well. We live in a generation and in a nation that maybe for a season of time, the Philistines robbed them of their worship, robbed them of their warfare, began to rob the church of so many things. When I was praying for you, who would be here last night 
last night when I was praying for those of you who would be here. I said, God, send some people to hear what is in my heart to say to them so that I can save them from taking a trip into Egypt and losing their promise. I don't know, I don't know how you're still in your seat because there's some people that I'm preaching to that need to be in the altar. Because the truth is, you just been going all over the map, losing your faith, not knowing what to do and how to do and when to do. And you may have 10,000 instructors, but you don't have many fathers. And I came to say to you today that today is your day to dig again and strike water in that land and let the devil know you're not taking my well from me. Somebody say, I hear you. Somebody say, I hear you. Some of you may be, may be new to hearing me. Most of you are not. So this won't surprise you. I'm getting ready to prophesy over some people who are not here. Because <laughs> you don't have to be here for me to prophesy over you. Because I got a word for Pastors Phil and Meredith. And I'm getting ready to prophesy it in your hearing. Huh. The, the keys to our lives, many times, the seeds of our lives, are hidden in our past. You ever see the life story of somebody like Steven Spielberg? When he was a little kid, he's got that little camera going around. Somebody should have figured out a long time ago, that, that guy's going to make some movies. Right? Seeds. Sometimes they're hidden. Sometimes you don't see them. But when they come back into your life, you realize God was preparing you in seed form for what he had called you to do. When I was a little kid, about this big, my granddaddy used to say, Michael talks good. That should have been a, should have been a prophecy to somebody. Some of you may or may not know that at one season of his life, Pastor Phil Ryburn, before he was a pastor, was a lifeguard. <laughs> and, um, of course, he, you know, he loves some soccer. He's been coaching soccer. And today he's running a marathon. And I was praying last night. I felt this prophetic unction coming to me, knowing but feeling a little funny in the sense that I knew that he wouldn't be here, but I had a prophecy for him anyway. So he'll get it whenever he gets it. But then I realized this is, it is as important for you to get it as it is for him to get it. Because I heard the word of the Lord come and say unto Phil that he will be known as one who guards lives. He will be known as one who will dive into the deep end to save someone who is drowning. 
that he is sitting in an elevated seat overlooking the whole pool. And when one goes under, that he will dive in. When others are running away, he will run towards and snatch them from the waters of drowning. And he will be known as a garter of lives. And he will be known as a coach. One who can show others how to do what he has learned how to do. And I heard the word of the Lord say, even as he on this day is running a marathon, that somebody should know that Pastor Phil is not a sprinter. He is a runner for the long run. And that a runner cannot run unless they can hit the wall and keep on running. Oh, a person can't dig a well unless they can hit bedrock and keep on digging. And I heard the word of the Lord coming unto me saying that you should understand that as your pastors feel a merit to stand before you, that you should know that there is a power. There is a power behind <laughs> their posture. That there is, there is within them, there is a strength beyond what you see. Uh, that there is character behind their commitments. There is determination behind their demeanor. I know them well enough. Raise one of them. I know them well enough. You should not be misunderstood. These people know how to dig. I'm telling you, do not get it confused. They know how to dig, and they're digging when you see them, and they're digging when you don't. And all we got to do is get some people to dig on with them. I want you to ask somebody, can you dig it? 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 There are things that come into the DNA of a people. There are things that come into the DNA that God releases because he makes an oath and says, I will give you a territory. You just got to dig the wells that I give you to dig. Somebody say, I can dig it. Let me let, I'm getting ready to let y'all go. I'm getting ready to let y'all go. I'm getting ready to let you go. I'm going to pray this prayer. This prayer is for those who said, you know what? I, I, I drifted out of my place. The Philistines stopped up my will. Stopped up my will. Lost my praise. Lost my joy. No matter if you upset, mad, tripped out, flipped out, whatever. Whatever. Because what you don't know is you're not alone. You're not alone. But there comes a moment when you have to say, I got to redig my well. I got to redig my well. When I pray this prayer, you say, pray with me and for me, because I'm one of those people. But today, 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 today is the day that the devil was dreading that I would ever get up under the word of God and get myself where I'm supposed to be. 
And you say, that's me. Throw your hand straight up in the air. Throw your hand up. That's you. Put your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. All over this place. God bless you, dear. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Those of you that are online, let us know. Let us know. I was just... You guys may not can see this from from where you're sitting, but where I'm from where I'm sitting from, like you see this whole. Y'all can turn around and look. It's okay. It's just church. Can y'all see that whole section of people lit up over there? It looks like the bat signal. Like that whole section, it's like a spotlight over there. And I thought like they they're gonna think something is funny because I'm saying like, okay, who needs who needs to raise up their hand? And if I had control of that spotlight, I'd just start moving it around. Everybody's hands are lifted for one moment. God, I thank you for restoring and returning, redigging the wells in the hearts of people. Thank you for a people that believe in your power. Thank you for pastors feeling Meredith. Thank you for their ability to dig. Thank you for their ability to pray. Thank you for their ability to be instant and consistent in season and out of season. Thank you for the wells that we have dug in this place. Thank you for the wills that have been dug in this city. Thank you for the wills. Now I ask you for an anointing to come upon people under the sound of my voice to redig the wells of water. Somebody is thirsty in this territory. Somebody is needing a word from you. Somebody is needing something to happen. Redig the wells. Redig the wells. Redig the wells.